Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of Transformation Church. With me is the Lead Pastor of TC, Brad Livingston. What's up guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and uh, kicking off the new series this past Sunday. We did. It was good. Um, starting on a new series called Focus. Focus. And I, I like the bumper. You like the bumper? I did. <laughs> Good. That's good. Good. We put a uh, put a little bit of work into that. Um, got to got to work out some poetry skills, <laughs> right, John? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's fun? What's funny is like when I typed up the uh, the whole script for it. Um, you know, mine was like all white boyish sounding. Like it just didn't. It had no. It had no flavor to it. So like. Uh, I was like, all right, Brad, you need to look at this script because I don't, I, I don't know what to, like, I, I don't know if this is good enough. And like, he was like, well, how about we take a, a spin on it and make it more of a um, spoken word? Spoken word. Yeah, I like it. And uh, he, I was like, okay. And then I don't know, fifteen minutes, maybe you come <laughs> back and you're like, all right, look at this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's got like, it's it's good. I man, mean, appreciate it, man. It's good. So I had Chris Eccles uh, on the mic. Yeah, so that's like one of the things. That's one of the things I I don't ever talk about. Um, whenever in, in just in general, I never talk about yeah, it. You have this like um, random gift that like this. no one, no one even. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk about like. Well, it was a hip hop background, so I yeah, don't. Yeah, you know, like we. I never talk about being in the studio and, with rappers and and some of the things that I've done in the past and right. helping with production and even helping like lyrically helping with their wordplay. Like those are things that I, just for whatever reason aren't I we just don't ever talk about it I don't ever talk about it yeah so whenever I get a chance to do those kinds of things like I really enjoy it I think sometimes in my preaching you can notice if you listen to my cadence sometimes you can notice like there are sometimes it's it's almost I'm not gonna say second nature it's something that you do have to work hard for that's why like the greatest hip-hop artists in the world you know who they are. Like right. there are some that are just rappers, but like it's, it's undeniable the talent in guys like Eminem, but also um, like like Snoop. The way he can, the way he plays words off of each other is pretty unique. And then you got Andre Three Thousand and all these other guys. And but nonetheless, uh, Jay Z, Jay Jay yeah. Z's a wordsmith, man. Tupac. And uh, so I'm just naming rappers. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean to to uh, sometimes if you if if you know what you're listening for. Even while I'm preaching, you can notice like that's an interesting wordplay. That's an interesting way that my, the cadence and like I'll pick up words that rhyme together or have you know similar starting letters or ending letters. Not even just in my points, but just like as as we communicate, you know. Yeah, well, it's it. You could tell, especially whenever you start to to really preach those moments. You know, yeah. you, you start to get into this like rhythm and this rhythmic like sound in yeah. your voice, and yeah, it, so it just and then you're like, after you get done saying it, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's just it is profound, and a lot of people just don't catch it as quick as like you're making it sound. So yeah, a lot of people people that have similar backgrounds to me or just have come from like, uh, 
I don't know that the 45 or 50 year old, like a white guy in the, in the con- congregation noticed, like he just like, hears good preaching. You know, hopefully it's good, but you know, he just hears preaching. It's like, Oh, that's good. There are, but there are guys like, t- you know, Tim Williams has talked to me about it before. And Neil has talked to me about it before guys that come from like hip hop backgrounds that understand like rap history and, and have been ingrained in that culture a little bit. Like they'll point it out and they're like, man, that was yeah. like, that was really interesting or that, like I like the way you, you like did that, or or you know even like I like the way you work it. Yeah. <laughs> no digging. Didn't resist. Uh, did we introduce John? Not even. Did not oh, introduce John? No, yeah, it's, it's cool. Nice. So they know John. But yeah, another, John's here. Day in the Our life. creative yeah. director, John Sapp. Yeah, it's on uh, on the podcast. But anyways, I don't know how we got on me yeah, talking about rapping. Oh, we're oh talking the, about the bumper. bumper. Yeah, the yeah. Bumper, yeah, but that was oh, so. I do that sometimes, and I don't even notice it. It's it's kind of a second nature esque, you know, and and. Uh, so we've done that in the past. So when we sat down to write the bumper, which we had, I had mentioned that before because all of our bumpers for the last few series have been, um, they've been good, but it's kind of just been music and they were reading. Right. Right. The there's, stuff. No, there's nothing in the background as far as like someone's voice. Someone's voice. Like that, and yeah. so when we did it this time, um, we wanted to have kind of a, a very, uh, I don't know. I use the word urban edge to it. Spoken word. More of a, like, more of a cultural kind yeah. of sounding yeah so we, we wanted to take that flow and so yeah we wrote uh wrote some bars for someone to so and we brought in one, our boy x yeah yeah so he took he took he took we the, wrote a good seven bars he took my words and made them into this rap and i was like whoa like i couldn't do that nah yeah yeah. I'm not you, cool you definitely couldn't. Nah, it's just it, I yeah. wake. I really couldn't. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but it's a. It turned out good, man. X. Uh, you know, we we sat down with X a little bit and had, yeah, he had yeah. to go through it a few times to quite a few times. You know, I had, to, I had to give him some. Uh, I don't know why his favorite drink is uh, strawberry milk. But it <laughs> he is. had to give him some. Is strawberry it? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> he likes strawberry milk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. So I like, I like I, strawberry milk. I, I like went, it. I like chocolate though. I went up to uh, the the gas station over here and i grabbed some and brought some to him gave him a couple of bottles so i was like here you go bro thanks for appreciate your help <laughs> yeah, yeah no doubt so x is x is a good dude he, is he, good kinda, dude. he uh, he's on the creative team yeah yeah also, he, so. he takes uh he's he's a photographer and, vi- and videographer with uh with the team he so. does some of our youtube work as well yeah. yeah yeah so if you guys watch any of our sermons on youtube uh shout out to to Eccles, Yo. uh, does a lot of work for us on that, man. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah we're all put, of our sermons. We're putting stuff. different stuff up there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Sunday was good, man. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from Sunday. We kicked off the new series, Focus, which is what the, you know the bumper was about. We were talking about and and uh, you know, kind of trying to focus on us a little bit. You know, so what we said is we spent two months in the the heart of the house i keep wanting to say the head and the heart which is this band that me and ashley <laughs> which, listen to which you said twi- multiple times two times yeah, the last yeah, two sundays least, golly the heart of the house not the head and the heart uh yeah. we went and saw them in concert the other day that's why i think it's yeah. like on my mind more the heart of the house series um and at the heart of the house uh, series it was all about us as a church like this is who we are people are coming in you know this is what our church is about this is what we buy into these are the things that matter to us and and those things were good um but you know for october we really wanted to, it's like all right let's take a step let's like, let's help people focus on you and one of the things i love about it already is like i'm getting shout outs from people that i i didn't even know watched our stuff or or you know i mean they're watching for the first time i mean you know um that after they watch the sermon yeah okay yeah that you know like we share it on facebook so i shared it on facebook and and uh you know i when i shared it i put the line you know like do you have a problem 
creating boundaries. You know, do you tend to overextend yourself for others? Then watch this. That was all I put. And it was just the sermon on Facebook yeah. and people are sharing it and tagging me in it that, uh, you know, I don't know that's ever watched our stuff before, but it's helping and that's, what's good. And I, so, so coming from like a charismatic background and both of you guys will understand this cause you've seen it before, right. Is when you're preaching and no one's like saying anything, it means one of two things. It either means this is a terrible sermon and everyone's sleeping or it's hitting home so hard that people aren't even saying anything because they're just absorbing what's being said. And here's the hard part at the AMC where we are. Those seats are comfortable, don't they? And, well, and you can't see nothing <laughs> from the stage. You can't see if people you can't are determine sleeping. Are they sleeping? Yeah, yeah, are they yeah. taking notes or you what? Can't, you can't see anything. <laughs> you can't. So, uh, so yeah, it was uh, Sunday was one of those situations because I'm sitting there like, I guess people are awake. like Because <laughs> the, the feedback level was pretty low. There were some moments, but it was, yeah, the feedback level was pretty low, you know, but when I talk to people, they're like, no, 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 no. Like it was because we were like, it, it was so helpful, you know, like we, this is something I've been dealing with my whole life for the last right. 20 years or whatever, you know? And so it was just something I felt like I needed. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about trying to amen or anything. Like I just, yeah, you're just, just listening, you yeah. know? Um, which is good, you know. Let's just, like, what a crazy thought that God would lead us to preach the the right message hey, for people. Hey. Imagine that. <laughs> what, what, a, what a thought. What a thought. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine. Okay. It was a good. It was a good message, though. I mean, it was a good message. You know, it's um, surely it's oh, gonna surely. it's gonna build. You know, I mean, we're going somewhere. Um, but that was a good message. I think a lot of people. Thanks, man. Um. I think a lot of people struggle with this in in yeah. different areas. Maybe it's not always with people, but you know, we've been we've even been talking about around the office of creating boundaries around our time and things like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, for um, sure. But yeah, so let's get Yeah, into we pu- it. we pulled a lot of content from um Dr. Henry Cloud uh, on yeah, this one. A couple so, quotes. Yeah. At least he had and, a couple uh, quotes. And, and and even from a content standpoint, you know, a lot of it was was kind of pulled out of it out of his book. Uh, called boundaries and so you know that's a great resource if you know this is one message and honestly it was it was pulled from that book but i mean there's way more content in that book than yeah than what we could fit into one message so i mean i just want to encourage you guys uh any any of you that are really dealing with boundary problems or or that's just something you're struggling with um that's a great resource to get dr henry cloud boundaries um you know, John, maybe we can drop that link in the, uh, in the description for the podcast or something. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, so you guys can, you guys can get that and we'll drop it in the comments also for you guys that are watching us uh, on Facebook. If you need some, that if that would be helpful for you, we'll definitely want to help you guys get that resource. So, sure. no doubt. but, uh, yeah, so let's jump in, man. We, we, uh, kind of started off with a story and I think anyone in ministry has experienced this, uh, especially if you've been in student ministry, uh, <laughs> Or, uh, or otherwise, you know, but we, we kind of told the story about these parents came to us, sat down and they're like, man, my son, you know, he's gone to college, come back, got jobs, come back, not doing anything, and, you know, and I, he's just got this problem. We kind of told him like, listen, I don't, I don't know that he has a problem at all. I think you have a problem, <laughs> you know, um, matter of fact, you have taken all of his problems and made them your own. You know? <laughs> and, uh, man, that's just so common, like. You know, so and, common. And what is that? Is that just parents wanting the best? You know, I'm not a parent, so like 
surely that was not the full, that was never like the intention, right? I mean, it's like parents want the yeah. best for their kids and they feel like they want to help, right? I mean, I think at some point you're yeah. enabling though. I mean, is it not the right word? Right. Wait, yeah. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that though. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Well, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, I think for a lot of parents, it's, it's multifaceted. I think, uh, one in one arena, parents that grew up with little, you know, they didn't have much growing up, always want to make sure their kids have more than they do. And I think sometimes sure. that can come to a fault, you know, where it's like, man, I grew up with nothing. So even if, you know, even though my son is abusing what I'm giving to him, I'm going to keep giving it to him because I had nothing. You know, so I think, it, I think you deal with, with that mentality a little bit. Um, I think you deal with another mentality from parents. When you're talking about parents to kids where, um, the parents know they weren't around as much as they should have been when the kids were younger. Um, they were working too much. They were working too hard. Um, you know, I, th- I think about my grandfather with my dad, who my, my, so Pastor Dan's father was an incredible man. The way he showed my dad and my aunt and my uncle how much he loved them was by working hard. He came from like that generation. Yeah. Um, well, in turn, you know, he was always at work. He, they didn't, he didn't hug them a lot. You know, there wasn't like hugs and kisses and it wasn't, I love you and things like that. That, that wasn't part of that house. Um, and so I can see how parents that didn't have an environment and then their kids grow up and they go, man, I really wish that I had done better for the last 18 years. They start to try to make up for it by letting their kids eat all their food, crash on their couch, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like they kind of overextending grace to them through their late teen, early twenties, even into their thirties. Um, so much because they're trying to make up for something that they don't feel like they did well earlier in life. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I've seen a lot of that too. So, yeah. And it's like, obviously you're as a parent, you like if, if, um, you know, say something really bad happened, you know, there was a point 2010, I got kind of laid off from a job, right? Yeah. 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 Imagine had you not, you had, I not been able to find something else. So like what, you know, what happens if like that kind of stuff does happen in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I, both my parents are living, you know, they're obviously they're, they're divorced, but you know, both my parents are living and have, uh, you know, I have a stepmom and a stepdad, but they're not going to let me end up on the street. Like if right, I needed a place for a few months or six months or a year to get back on your feet, like that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not what we're talking you know, about. We're talking, yeah, we're talking about the guy that's just kind of refuses to go out and make his own way in the world and right. wants to, for lack of a better word, like, mo- you're, you're mooching off your parents. Yeah. You're, you're acting like a, you're living like a 12 year old when you're 25 in your yeah. parents' home. Like you're, you're a resident there. They buy the food. Definitely. You're just, you're just there. And it's, that, you get, yeah. there gets to a point where it's like, you got to make your own way. That's yeah. why I like somebody's like Jawan on staff. I mean, he's, what is he? 21? 21. 21 or 22. Yeah, um, maybe 22. He lives at home with his mom still. He was in school. Yeah. Um, he lives at home. I mean, but he pays rent. Pays rent. Yeah. 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 Oh, bro. After we turned 18, yeah. we pay, my dad charged us rent. Hundred bucks a week. This is in two thousand four. Yeah, <laughs> hundred bucks a week. Like you're paying rent once you turn eighteen in this house. Like that's just like yeah. no questions asked. And so, um, you know, like I've said before, man, I, I think that uh, and you've said this. Before, I think I was parented extremely well. Oh, I will My parents could tell you a hundred things they think they did wrong. Um, my parents, day, yeah, mine were. They don't my even parents raised, yeah, my did. parents raised me to take care of myself. Yeah. You know, and even even I mentioned it Sunday. The even moments where my dad was like, "If that's what you want to do, then get out." <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, like, like we're not, I'm not going to fight with you. Like, yeah, no, you're going to make, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah, it. So much. He's right. like, I'm not even going to let it. Like, I'm not even, I'm not going to yell at you. Like, well, yeah. we were kind of yelling, but I'm not going to like 
threaten to, you know, bury you in the backyard or something, you know, like, no, if that's what you then get out, yeah. get out of the house, yeah. you know? Um, so he really, Cause, cause you can't have it both ways. And that's what, that's what I think young people don't get sometimes in this environment. You, yeah. You can't have it both ways. Definitely. You know, the, the, the world isn't going to cheat you that way. You, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, so at some point the parents, you, you have to, you right. have to. It's like um, I was having a conversation not too long ago. With, I think it was my dad. We were talking. It, it was my dad when he came by here. Um, he was asking about community service hours. You know, he's like, do y'all do that for kids? You know, I got a stepbrother that's a senior in high school. He was asking about that. And I was like, you know, occasionally we do that. It's like because we don't have a building, you know, there's just not much for anyone right. to do. You know, and cut our grass or whatever. Yeah, it's not there. It's like, and, and I said, you know, and I don't just give hours. Right. It's like, even if I know you, like, um, you ain't going to come for 30 minutes and I'm not going to write right, down you know, six you hours. you better wash my truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I was like, you know, the, that generation already has a hard enough time being labeled as entitled. Right. I'm not going to perpetuate that. that yeah, by, yeah, yeah. Like, if you need 100 hours for college, you're going to have to work 100 hours. Or maybe we'll <laughs> right. round up. You know, you work 45 minutes, I'll give you the hour or something. But, right. um, like, I, I just... Because no, once you get out of college or even into college, you know, and get out into the world, but it doesn't operate that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, at some point, you got to start listen. teaching your kids how the world operates, and yeah. that's where I think my parents did a good job, specifically my dad in that regard. Um, as we got into our teen years, my mom moved away when I was in um, ninth grade, a freshman yeah. in high school. Um, so from you know ninth to twelfth grade, those those are important years, but those yeah. My mom was in the picture. She just doesn't live close, so it yeah, was my yeah. dad mostly. Um, and he did a he did a really good job just teaching. It's kind of how the world operated, you know. Yeah, and that's what I, th- I mean. I think I think with a lot of a lot of people that have had it harder in life are have a have a benefit in that regard. Oh, like totally, what, what, it, yeah. what it means to work for something. I mean, that, and I think that's where even my dad got it from. You know, they grew up. My dad grew up poor, and he's said it before. So I don't. It's not like an insult or anything. Like he jokes around. He's like, "Man, we grew up so poor. Our chickens leaned against the barn." <laughs> like, right. like, well, yeah, like, grew up poor. It so. teaches you stuff. It's like yeah. my 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 mom's that way. Like to this day, she'll cook dinner, and there'll be this much, uh, you know, green beans left, and she's, she's putting, putting it in Tupperware. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, Mom, yeah. who's gonna eat that? Like, <laughs> right. when are you gonna eat three green beans? <laughs> like, like, yeah. just like they can get. And she's like, no, no, no. And then, and then, just what she does with vegetables, she saves them and she'll save them and then freeze them and she'll make vegetable soup out of leftovers. Yeah. And I'm like, Mom, I, I think that's, I think that's great, but Bruh. like, like that would never cross my mind. But never. Like to this day, when I eat chili, I like to eat chili over rice because that's yeah. how we grew up eating it. Yeah. That's how my mom grew up eating it because they were poor. Right. There's eight kids. There's ten people in the house. You got to make this go a long Man, way. Maybe they weren't poor, but. You, right. you got ten people in the house. Yeah, you got to figure out how to make. You got to figure out how to make. You know, like, yeah. like, like chili, chili, chili over. You eat it over rice because it stretches. You got all these kids. Yeah. So that's how I. Eat. Okay, well, that would make sense. The rice costs you a dollar. Not really. A, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really yeah. a fan of that. Thinking about it, like uh, I don't know if I like rice with my. Chili. That's how we. So that's how she. Grew. Yeah, what you like is and, irrelevant. And that's that's how, what you about to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how I grew up eating chili. That's how I still to this day like it. Yeah. Um, but uh, the chips are cheap too, though. It's things like that. Oh yeah, but people now get so fancy with chili. They got like cheese and put it on uh, a burrito and rolling it up. Yeah, yeah. Bro, sour crazy, cream. Bro. Like we didn't have none of that. We got some <laughs> saltines. Yeah, <laughs> we got some saltines. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you see that a lot in families, man. And, and you know, we deal with it. I, I would say often. And for you know, and that's that's just one example. Mm. You know, I think one of the examples we often see also is how we overextend ourselves for friends. You know, because some people may not have kids yet. Maybe that's not you know, or you got young kids or whatever. Yeah. But 
sometimes it's friends, like overextending yourself for people um, that are in your friend circle. Or, and this is a big one about boundaries, and I think that we don't talk about this one enough either, um, going out of your way to, to borderline kill yourself, bankrupt yourself, not kill yourself literally, but like yeah, exhaust yeah. yourself, bankrupt yourself, um, man, emotionally or financially for people who don't even answer the phone when you need something. Mm. You know, and it's like, man, sometimes you got to create some boundaries around like, all right, listen, hey, I'm I'm going to start answering the phone when you start answering yeah, the phone. Yeah, because there comes a point where it's taking advantage. Yeah. Like they they know you'll pick the phone up, you yeah. know, or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. But, um, you know, and it, it you know, it, and to me, this conversation, you got to be careful in this conversation because there comes a point or it can even sound like that we're saying you shouldn't be there for people. And then you flip that. So well, we are Christians. So how can you say that? But that's not really what we're talking about. But, no. but I think you, that there, there definitely has to be boundaries, but yeah. um, I learned years ago, the church me and John used to be a part of uh, has a real big addiction a recovery, recovery ministry yeah. right which is fantastic and and uh, i think more churches need those and it's the, the the problem the hard part about that kind of ministry is it's hard yeah because yeah. there's uh it's like teen challenge we all know we know teen challenge yeah. um you know the the failure rate is really high yeah but you're dealing with addiction right which is a is a real thing and yeah, and, and all that but um there comes a, what what someone told me a mutual friend of, of uh, me and John's is um, cause he come out of a life of addiction and uh, he, he is the accountability partner of a lot of people going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he said is like, you can't work harder at their sobriety than they are. That's yeah. right. And if you are, it's, it's, it's just, already it, it's already, yeah. yeah you, already so, yeah. It, and that's how I feel about things, you know, like, and I know we joke about my personality type and all that. I'm not the most compassionate person in the world, but but the when I am compassionate, I really am. Yeah. You know, so and that's kind of how I feel. I try to, like if I'm if you if you really are wanting something, like you know, I don't want a roommate and stuff in my house. But if John and Savannah were gonna if their house burned down today, mm-hmm. like I would give them my room because they're my friends. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, definitely. But I'm not putting an ad out to just put a roommate in there. But stuff <laughs> right, like that, right, right, you know, right. it's like so. Um, but at some point, they couldn't live with me forever. At some sure, point, I'd have yeah. to say, John. Are, like what? Uh, you know, do you get the yeah. insurance check? Like, what's going on here? Well, yeah, you know, no, we staying forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I think I think my thing is like what what I see happening in a lot of people is in that scenario, uh, you could go through situation after situation after situation. You know what I mean? Like, you lost your job. Um, you went through a difficult divorce or something, you know what I mean? Like one of your family members gets sick and you, um, get a bad doctor's note. Like, so what I've seen happen is this happens to you. This happens to you. The sickness doctor's note, you almost lose your house. You know what I mean? Like your car needs a repair. You don't have the money for it. You got an eviction notice, blah, blah, blah. You're going through all that and you're reaching out for help. And John never answers the phone, man. He's never there for you. Nothing. You, you post on Facebook. Don't even get a a crying face emoji. (laughs) Like, you know, like there's nothing, but all of a sudden John hits rough times and he wants to blow your phone up. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. like, I, like, you're like, man, where were you? Like, I've been going through hell and you, you, I'm flying solo over here. All of a sudden you need something, you blowing my phone up. And when I say no, in the event that I can't, not because I don't want to, if there's a genuine reason why I can't do it, you get yeah. mad at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
That ain't nah. like nah. what are you talking about? Now that hasn't really happened, John. And nah, for, no, for the yeah. record, yo, nah, that's, nah, a, nah. that's not the case. But I'm saying in this analogy, that's what I find a lot is in in people in that situation have to learn to draw boundaries. Like I've already resolved yeah. to myself, I'm not I'm not calling any more people who ain't calling me. You ever have people pull a Christian card on you? Oh yeah, like, I thought you I were thought a, you Christian. Was a Christian. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. boy, look that that irks me so bad. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I've already resolved my, I've resolved to myself, like when it, like the phone works both ways. So that's the truth. if you, if you ain't calling the check on me, I ain't calling a check on you. Now church people are different. God puts people on your heart and people that's in my true. small yeah, group, yeah, that's, that's totally that's different. True. I'm, I'm talking about people, people who have a tendency and a pattern of abuse mm. when it comes to help. I've resolved, like, if you ain't checking on me, I'm not checking on you. If you ain't wishing me happy birthday, if you ain't showing up to the things I'm doing, stop expecting me to go out of my way to, you know, it's, I, well, whatever. And, right? and at some point, sometimes it's like, you know, we, we've had this discussion as a, as a, as a church for things like, um, people that have finan- get into financial trouble. Right, right, right. You know, uh, at the, at the end of the day, maybe this hundred dollars is what you need right now but ultimately it's not fixing your problem. Right. Cause what about next month? Right. You know, and then the month after that and then the month after yeah. that. So it's like, sometimes what you need is a healthy dose of truth. You need a dose truth, of truth. But, but sometimes you got to, but the person who needs the help do, is not seeing that they're like, the issue is I, my powers didn't cut off today. I just need some help. You know, it's, it's hot. I got kids. The power's getting cut sure. off. What are we sure. supposed to do? Like, that's a real problem. I get yeah. it. Like, I wouldn't want to be in that situ- situation. Yeah, of I totally get it. Um, but at, at some point, it's like the, the root of it is you just don't have money. The root of it is maybe it's a cash flow problem. Like, maybe you have enough, you manage it pro- poorly. You yeah, know, it's yeah. a budgeting issue or let's something like that. Let's talk about how you can not run into let's, this again. Yeah, like, yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah let's definitely. do that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the hard part is sometimes what's best for them in the long run doesn't necessarily solve the immediate need yeah. and then they don't want to talk about it. It's like, let's look at your budget. Well, that's none of your business. It's like, <laughs> or, you know, I've had people ask for money even in a church context, like come in that we're not a part of the church. They right. just happen to, I guess, are stopping by churches, and, yeah. you know, wanting help on, on a bill, like, you know, a power bill or a water bill or something like with an iPhone in your hand, like that to me, I, it rubs me wrong. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know. It's yeah. like, um, I don't yeah. know. No, or, I mean, we, bro, or, or have a real nice purse. You know, yeah, you got like a you got like a coach bag, and I'm like, post we, that on the marketplace, bro. You might get fifty right. bucks Listen, for that. Dog, we we the one of the big reasons we stopped doing a food pantry was the people that needed it weren't coming. We had people pull up. I'll never forget it. Guy pulls up. I'm a sneakerhead, so I know what sneakers are what. Right, like, I, so guy pulls up in a Mercedes talking on a new iphone because i was trying to get one i hadn't even got mine yet on a new iphone wearing some limited edition jordan fours that were that were 300 and something dollars at the time so sixty thousand dollar car thousand dollar phone 350 dollar jays and wanted help with food i'm like no no I'm when I'm not doing this anymore. Like, well, to you me, know, and, and, and like, the pe- what would happen is the people that needed it couldn't get there till later in the week. So we've given it all up. The problem is you can't say like, no, your shoes are expensive. I'm not giving you food. You can't do that either. You you know? that, it's like, but, right. but it's like, it's, it's, you know, those, I don't know. I'm just gonna make up a scenario, but like, say in that scenario, maybe somebody got to a place where they could afford all that. 
and they bought it when they could afford it. Yeah. But then you get to a place where you can't afford it or you lose a job. Like, you know, sell it. Right. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like those people's like, you know, you're going to do everything you can. Because some people have a lot of pride. Yeah. You're not going to walk to a food pantry. It's just hard. Like, I've never yeah, been yeah, in that situation. What am I definitely. supposed to do? But I can sell my shoes. Yeah. You know, I can post this stuff or, it, yeah. or whatever. And the um, real reason ultimately was because we weren't at, it came to a point where we weren't helping anyone. You know, we, we were enabling, but we weren't helping. That's right. And that's, that's a hard, delicate dance that, we had to come to on yeah. so a few things. So we figured out another way to help people. We, we didn't did. stop helping people. That's we right. figured out another way to do it. For the it. record. That was, yeah, I just want to clarify. <laughs> like we for, were like, oh, that church is a bunch of mean For people. the record. No, no, no. We just figured out a better way to do it that was more helpful for people. That's right. And we've, we've actually seen more success out of that than the way we were doing it before. Because there is a big difference. Yeah, out definitely. of the two, yeah, yeah, the, there are legitimate needs out there. Hundred percent, and we, we want to be able to help with those. And the thing is, we got to weed through the people who are just taking advantage of systems to get to the people right, that actually right, right. have needs. And when you when you make it, when you create a process where people have to go through the process, the people that actually have a need will go through the process, and the people that sure. don't actually have a need won't. And so we've been able to do that, nonetheless. Creating boundaries and boundaries are necessary, right? Um, and so, yeah, we, we kind of jumped into Joshua 1, 7 through 8. And, and the overall, what we're looking at here isn't so much necessarily the um, exegetical context of this scripture as much as we see what they're saying in the book of Joshua is how when you operate in according to biblical guidelines, you open up the opportunity for uh, prosperous and successful living. But we can go ahead and read the scripture anyways, Justin. Go ahead. Wrong page. Uh oh. Hold on. Here we go. Joshua 1 7 through 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Yeah, so so as what as we're talking um, through this series on focus, it's like, man, if you if we can focus on the right things, we open up the door for God to bring into our life right things, you know, healthy things. And so, um, in talking about boundaries, um, we hit we hit quite a few lists. I mean, there's a lot of lists Sunday um, because it was like one of the things where we wanted it to be very practical, like step by step. Here's the things you need to know when you're creating boundaries for yourself. Um, and so when we talked about establishing boundaries, let's hit those three things, Justin. The first one, what's the first thing you got to do when you're establishing boundaries? Number one, determine what problems are your responsibility. Because not every problem is your responsibility, no. right? Like, and when you're helping people, like not every, not every problem is your responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Number two, determine whether people want to change. Man, I think this is, that's a big one. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a doozy. One. Yeah, like. You can even go back to the analogy of the sneakerhead with the iPhone and the Mercedes, right? Like, he didn't have any intention of changing his the the world. He just wanted like we had, and we had to like create boundaries where we weren't running into that. Right. Um, but in, in let's take that back to our personal life, our friends that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. our family members. It's like, are we allowing the pain of the circumstance to affect them enough that they want to change themselves? Or are we enabling them to stay in their circumstances? That's right. Yeah, it's it's like using the the maybe someone who struggles with addiction going back to kind of that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not willing to change your everyone you're around and maybe where you live and all these things, like you're just setting yourself up for failure. Totally. Like you yeah. may you may want to be free from the addiction, but if you're not willing to make 
drastic changes, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Totally. And suddenly someone else in, in the picture, I have to tell you that. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, exactly. And then number three. Uh, determine what parameters need to be protected. What parameters need to be protected. You know what that makes me think of? What's that? Makes me think of, and I don't know who it was, is a pastor was talking about like um, marriage counseling mm-hmm. and how sometimes when, when uh, people in their church um, were, would go through say, say issues in their marriage, they, you know, they call the pastor as you do for, mm-hmm. for marriage counseling or something like that. Um, but the, the, what, what the guy, what the pastor was saying was there has to be parameters on that because if he drops everything he's doing and leaves at midnight every night to go for this, this other couple, at some point, he's putting his own marriage at, at risk. Totally. Right. You know, so there's got to yeah. be, that's why I think it's, uh, there, there's reasons pastors have, say, office hours or t- appointment times. Yeah. You know, because now, obviously, uh, someone's in a wreck or something, you need to leave in the middle of the night or go to the hospital. That, that's not what we're talking about. It's yeah. the people that, you know, for, they won't go to the marriage small group. But then they have a, a, a blow-up fight at 11 p.m. one night and want to call the pastor to help fix their marriage. It's like, Definitely. well, there's opportun- there, there are things that will help your marriage that you're choosing not to do, but then there's a quote-unquote emergency in your world, and now you want that to be an emergency on behalf of the, maybe say the pastor. And, totally right. And at some point, he can't, drop, he can't leave his wife. What if it's date night? With yeah, his yeah. wife, or he's family time with his kids. That's you know? that's that's important to for people to understand. You know, we we when we sit down and talk to people, you know, uh, we do that. So Pastor Dan and myself, uh, I think we get into relationship counseling more than more than Justin does. But yeah, um, I don't know, like for, it for Pastor Dan and myself. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is uh, we give people opportunity to to create change with certain recommendations, and I'll actually tell people. Um, when, when, when we're talking to them, I'm like, listen, these are the things you need to do. And as a married couple, you need to get into the marriage small group and you need to start going through like this book, for example. And when they call back and go like, Hey, we need to meet with you again. My first question is, have you got into the marriage small group? And are you reading that book? Well, no, it's like, okay, then you don't need, there's nothing new. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm not going to introduce some new, <laughs> full, new, new concept to you. I'm going to say the same thing I said last time. What you haven't done is started applying the help that you've already got. Yeah. Hope everybody listening. So that's good. So listen, if you want change, you got to change. Right. Like you, it's and, not and, I, and it, I'm building parameters around my time because you got to want change more than I want change for yeah. you. And, and where else did we say this? I don't know where we said this. I feel like I, I feel like deja vu for I'm about to say, but it's like, you know, poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency, emergency on mine. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, well, you say it a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, around the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I guess that's, so a, that's what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just felt like I, it was recently said, maybe it was a staff meeting yesterday or something. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, that, totally. that's the case. They're calling cause they're in a, they're in a crisis they're in an emergency, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and a crisis and, and, and the thing is, is like, as we get into the burdens and loads, when you carry your loads properly, you run into burdens left off less often. That's right. But we'll get into that in just a minute, you know? So, and so the reality is, and going back to what you're talking about, you know, if you need me on a Wednesday night, you're going to be hard pressed to find me because I'm with my wife. Matter of fact, I turn my phone off. Yeah. So you're like, you know, that's why we need you in small groups. I'm taking a second to create a plug for small groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Because if you have an emergency on a Wednesday night, you're not going to get me. I'm telling you, I'm putting <laughs> it out there for the world to know. Yeah. You're not getting me. 
So if you're not in small groups, you're going to, you're going to go, who do I call? Cause I don't know who to get in contact with. Well, if you're in a small group, you can contact your small group leader and they can come visit you. They can help you. They can bring other people from the small group to pray for you. Like you have a community of people that That's are right. ready to help you. If you're in the community, same, right? if, same if you're serving, same if you you're serving you on a team, you get all those. Things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So there is, there is various ways. That's why when people call, they're like, I need to meet with you. I'm like, I promise you don't. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't and I will meet with people sure, and sure, I do yeah. meet with people when they say they need to meet with me. I'm like, I seriously doubt you need to meet with me. You may need to meet with someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it probably isn't me. And inevitably they sit down with me and I'm like, Oh, you need to talk to Karen or you need to talk to Joe. You like, yeah. because what I don't, there's nothing I can do for the, the exact need that they're needing right. met. I do meet with them. I do sit down with them. So I'm not saying I'm not touchable. What I'm saying is there's a number of things in place to help people that it doesn't have to be me. And it actually works better. Yeah, absolutely. This is, it's, it's the best, it's, it's it's the the best best way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, um, I, I'm an accountability partner for quite a few people here at the church. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I tell, I tell them this and the only reason why I say that, and it's, it all depends on the person, but the only reason why I say it is because I'll, I let them know is like, you know, you can, you can, if you're going through something that absolutely needs somebody to, you know, you need, you need to talk to somebody, you need somebody to pray over you. You call me at any time. I don't care what time it is, but the moment that you aren't doing what I asked you to do and you're calling me nonstop about different things, yeah. that's when, cause I set up prior, uh, the parameters, what we were talking about. I set up parameters ahead of time. And I, I check in with them throughout the week and say, hey, did you do this? Hey, did you do that? And if they said yes to it and then they still have an issue that comes up, I'm more, I'm more, you yeah. know, like I'll, I'll pray with you. I'll, I'll talk you through it. Yeah. But if you're not doing those things and then you're calling me off the hook saying, hey, I, I, I just can't. And it's like, well, did you go back to what you, what we talked right, about? Right. So, Definitely. um, you know, it's, it, it is one of those, one of those things. And I, I feel like being the accountability partner to those people and setting up those parameters is healthy. Yeah. Um, it's healthy for you and them. Yeah. And yeah. them. And, and the thing is, it's like the parameters, which means if you're operating within the parameters, that's one thing, you know, cause going back to what we were talking about, if you call me on a Wednesday night at seven, you're not going to get me, but I've also, uh, uh, Ashley and I are running a marriage small group right now. I met a husband after he got off of work at two o'clock in the morning at a waffle house to help walk him through some stuff with him and his wife, because I, I could. Now, if you called me at Wednesday at seven, he wouldn't have got me, but right. he, he got a hold of me, you know, on a, on a, technically it was a Monday night, but a Monday night at 8.30 PM and was going through something. He was getting off at 1.30 AM and needed to talk that, to me. And so I went to real. the Waffle House at two o'clock in the morning. And, Cause and that we, ain't the first time you heard from that. He, he's act, like say, he's active in a small in the group. Small group yeah, yeah. That, that he's, there. he's a dude that I, I have before God as a small group leader prayed for and made and told him I'm available to you. There are some parameters. I'm not available. Right. And that's why they, everyone in the marriage small group has each other's number. You know what I'm saying? Of course. But, but he got me. So it's to say, we have to create parameters around the things that matter. And don't hear what we're not saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I'm not saying I'm untouchable. What I'm saying is my marriage has to be protected. Yeah. And so therefore I've built parameters around my marriage so that on Wednesday nights or, you know, then we have, there are other times that we guard pretty closely. Um, that you may not get me. That's why you need to be a part of other groups because I, as a pastor, can't be there for 500 or 400 or whatever other people in the church. 
24 hours of the day. Yeah, that's yeah, impossible. No um, that's why we have small group leaders. That's why we have coaches on teams. That's why these things exist. So I'm available. I'm not trying to say I'm not available. What I'm saying is there are times in my week that I'm only available to one person, and that's my wife. And I don't take that time. I don't bring those parameters down, um, you know, because oh. it's I have to guard that, you know. Otherwise, like you said, then my marriage is a wreck. Yeah, right? I can't if we can't as a as a married couple and as pastor can't help other people's marriages if ours is that's right in trouble. Um, and so it's important, and we're an example. So all that thing, all that stuff, just matters, man. So, um, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna hit some of these points real quick, and and here's the deal: if you want all the content, this is far more content than we can have a conversation about in one in one podcast. Uh, but if you want the uh, if you want the content, I man, go check out the sermon because we really communicated that. But um, we're gonna hit uh, some of this stuff on how to focus on you. We're gonna hit our three main points um, and and trickle in a couple things that I, I think will be helpful. But let's talk for a second about how to focus on you. And uh, the first one, uh, Justin, what do we got to realize? Realize who we're responsible for. We got to realize who we're responsible for. You know, Dr. Henry Cloud says that we are responsible to each other, but we're only responsible for ourselves, right? And, um, you know, in Galatians 6 2 and then in Galatians 6 5, there are two strategic words that he talks about in reference to how we're supposed to help one another. And so Galatians 6 2, he says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Um, and then Galatians 6, 5, he said, for each one should carry their own load. And when you get into uh, the original writing for each one of these words, like the, the idea of behind burden is like an excess burden. It, it's like a boulder, something way too heavy for you to carry. You know, um, if you have a, a family member that ends up in the hospital, that's an emergency. That's something yeah. you need someone else to help you carry. You need yeah. someone to come alongside you, um, you know, something like that. Whereas your lo- a load that you're supposed to carry on your own is that's your daily struggles. Like that's just adulting, right? Like <laughs> you got to pay bills. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to, what, whatever it is, you, you know, you got to get groceries. Those are daily. Those are just things you, you have to carry that on your own. Right. You know, um, the stress of just everyday life, working, having a job. You know, and and what happens is uh, we confuse everything when it comes to loads and we start trying to help people carry their load, but we're not supposed to help people carry the load. And we become so exhausted with helping people carry their everyday stuff that we're not available to help them when it comes to their burdens. Right. And right. so like to be clear about what the Bible is saying, we should help keep people carry their burdens, those things that are too big for them to carry on their own, but their load, their, their daily things that they just have to do, like that's on them. And you listen to me, whether you're a parent with a child, whether you're a friend who has a tendency to overextend yourself to other friends, you can't help, help other people carry their load. You can't, they have to carry it on their own. And, and at the end of the day, when you're doing that, you're not helping them, you're hurting them. Yeah. Like, so, uh, man, you got to recognize the difference. Um, and hear me for a second. As long as people can take advantage of you, they will, they will. take advantage yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. So keep making yourself available for abuse and you'll continue to be abused. That's right. Right. And here, I'll go ahead and say this. Stop being mad at people that continue to abuse you. If you're the one voluntarily putting yourself in the position of abuse. Come on. 
Right. Good. And when I say abuse, we're talking about people that are overusing your kindness. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like, I'm not talking about like, I don't want to sound callous to people who are in a, like maybe in an abusive relationship. Although I do encourage you get out, but right. nonetheless, like seek help. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seek well, help. Okay, like, do whatever you got to do. But what we're talking about is like people that continue to ab- abuse your kindness, you know, take advantage of you, your finances or whatever, man, like it's, it's not their fault. Again, that's not their problem. It's your problem because yeah. you've made it your problem. Yeah. You know, so really recognizing that. Um, and again, you can check out the sermon for, for more information on that. And then number two, what do we got to embrace? Embrace necessary limitations. Embrace necessary limitations. Um, and we gave uh, uh, different uh, areas of limitation. I'm just going to give them to you real quick. We have to limit um, limit our distance. Uh, right. We, so we got to be careful and know when to pull away from people. We got to limit our time. We got to know, limit how much time we give to people. Mm. We got to limit our emotional connectivity, how emotionally connected we are to people. We got to limit isolation. We got to limit trespassing, right? There have to be consequences to people who continue to do the things we keep telling them not to do. You got to create consequences for that. Yeah. Um, so those things are important. Dr. Henry Cloud says, we change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. I think that's really good. That's Consequences good. give us the pain that motivates us to change. And then lastly, you got to... You have to guard your heart. Guard your heart. And I love this quote by Brene Brown. I don't think enough people really grabbed a hold of it on Sunday, or maybe they were just processing it. But she says, compassionates, talking about compassionate people, say no when they need to, and when they say yes, they mean it. They're compassionate because their boundaries keep them out of resentment. Maybe I am compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I'm being dead serious. Uh, maybe so. We know you are. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. That that speaks to me. Yeah. Good. Like, it, <laughs> Don't patronize me, John. Uh, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm being serious. Like, you know, because yeah. I'll was, I was say no to a lot of stuff, you know. But yeah. When I say yes, I really mean it. It's like. Yeah. And it keeps you out of resentment. I don't become uh, bitter helping people. No. Nah. Because I only help people when I when I, when I can or to, should. Can, should. Yeah. yeah all 100%. Those. Yeah, yeah. It's only people that overextend themselves that become bitter about overextending themselves. Oh, yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things. But, um so we, and then we gave you a list. The last list for Sunday was steps to staying healthy while helping. Yeah. Steps to staying healthy while helping others. Right. Um, and so we got five things on the list. The first one, Justin. Embrace your limitations. Embrace limitations. Right. The limitations that we had just gone over. Right. Number two. Number two is assess your motives. Assess your motive. Why are you helping people? Is it an ego thing? Is it your way of showing other people what you have and how you're better than them? Ooh. Mm. That's good. You know, um, number three, three, manage your expectations. I think often we are frustrated at other people because they just responded differently than we wanted them to. Uh, So we expected something else, but their track record is proven that this is how they respond to situations. So when they responded to the situations, the same way they always respond to situations, are we upset? Like, in other words, you know, we need to manage our expectations of people. Yeah. When I expect less out of people, and that's not a bad thing, expect less out of people so that when they surpass your expectations, all they've done is 
I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, look at that. They were right. thankful. They did say thank you. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, it's it's kind of like in business, right? Like under promise, over deliver. Right. Rather than over promise and under delivering. Yeah. And that's Which how we most, should be with expectations. Yeah. yeah. That's how we should be with expectations, right? Uh, then number four. Release the outcome. You're not God. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to control the outcome like you are. Right? So like if you can't even... If you can't get a control on all the areas of your life, which let's face it, none of us can control all those things. Like we got to let go of the outcomes for other people. That's right. You know, and especially I'm going to go ahead and say this. If they historically have a pattern of stupid decision-making, let go of the outcome thinking they're not going to make that same decision this time. It's not up to you to create outcomes for other people. Right. That's not, that's not the way it rolls for us. And then number five, Forgive those who have hurt you. You know, I think we see a lot of people who um, have a jaded sense of helping people because they haven't forgiven other people that have hurt them. Mm. And I think we really got to deal with that. You know, we talked quite a bit, a good bit about that Sunday as we were wrapping up the sermon. Again, go check that out on YouTube or on the website or whatever. But, um, you know, really understanding that you can only be the version of you that people need when you've forgiven the people that have hurt you already. No doubt. Uh, forgiveness is so necessary. So, um, but yeah, that's uh that was it guys in a nutshell again check out the sermon you can listen to the podcast of the whole sermon if you want to listen to it for you podcasters if you want to watch it you can go to the the website transformationchurch.com um you can check out the archives and stuff there but nonetheless nonetheless good stuff man very good. good next week we're gonna have uh ashley ladd back with us hey yo about part two laddie of the focus series yeah i'm gonna go ahead and give you guys a nugget oh this sunday we're talking about rest hey yo mm. talking about rest but in a different context than what I think most people are going to think we're talking about rest. Um, and so we're, it, it, how do you create a life that is restful? Mm. How do you create a life that is restful? And part of that is by creating opportunities, or I would say um, buying into the covenants that God has with us that can give us the chance to rest. And what does that look like? So we're going to talk about a Sunday. So it's going to be good. Sounds excited. good. I'm excited. So, uh, hey, listen, thank you guys for tuning in, man. John, good to have you on. Appreciate it. Always. Justin, always. Hey. (laughs) What we do. Yeah. So, uh, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, If you got any questions, feedback, let us know. You can send us an email. You can tweet us, all that good stuff. Love to hear back from you. If if you're watching this later on on Facebook and you want to drop in some comments or questions, we'll jump on there, have a look, and uh, maybe we can kick off next week by answering some of those. Yeah, we'll take a little gander. Yeah, no doubt. So we appreciate it. Hey, guys, you can uh, tune in next week for another sermon, uh, another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Yes, sir. See you. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.